Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Yeah, all right, good deal. Hey, here's what I want to do. We want to continue our series that I started last week. And really, the title of this series is Unchanging, and the reason I wanted to sort of start there or frame it like that for us for the next few weeks is because, just like I was sharing last week, we're living in a world where uh, everything is changing, and that's not really uncommon. Things are always changing. We talked a little bit last week about how if you're alive, you're changing because living things change, and not all change is bad. But we talked for a moment last week about how sometimes change makes us anxious and anxiety makes us dumb, right? And so uh, I'm wanting to begin to explore just for a few weeks what are some practices or what are some ways that we can anchor into some things that are unchanging so that we're not just living in the dumbest part of ourselves or so that we're not just living out of the, the dumbest reactions to anxiety, right? But before I do that, I just want to underline again for us that the world isn't just changing, but this is a very specific and particular moment. Uh, this is a moment where, where the change isn't located in one place, but it's global, right? And it's, this is also a moment where the change isn't in one area or one sphere of life, but it's like it's total. So the changes that we're experiencing are not just here in Taylor County, Kentucky. They're not just here in the United States. It's all over the world. And, and maybe some of the places around the world that we're not hearing about are experiencing at a deeper level than even we are. Uh, not only that, but, but the changes that we're experiencing, they're not just in one area of life. You know, We're not just living in a virus moment. We're not just living in a health pandemic moment, but we're also living in a moment of tremendous technological shift and tremendous technological change. We're also living in a moment of sociological change where our country is having to reckon with its deeply racist history. And I just want to say, again, as a pastor of this church, uh, let it come. Like, let it happen. I, especially on this one, let us hear black people. Let us hear our brown neighbors uh, more than we've ever heard them. Uh, let us hear our Latino brothers and sisters let us hear. You know, I, I just want to say there will be no way forward unless we can hear. So the changes are technological. The changes are sociological. The changes are theological. Um, people are reconsidering in a profound way, especially in the last five years. Uh, what is God? Who is God? What does it mean? What is the Bible? Should we listen to it? If we do want to listen to it, how do we listen to it? How do we read it? How do we receive it? Maybe you all know what I'm talking about. And then you throw on top of it a global pandemic. We're like in it, you know? You, if you've ever wondered, am I living in a historical moment? I just want to confirm to you, you are. You are. This is it, you know? If you ever wondered, what would it like to be alive during, you know, X, Y, Z? What would, you know, you ever open a history book and go, man, I wonder what I would have done during this moment? Well, in some ways, we're learning who we would be and what we would do in those moments right now. Because we're in one. It's different, but there's some overlap. Anyway, what I want to do this morning is I want to talk to you in a message that I'm calling Unshakable Kingdom. So last week we talked about unchanging God, unchanging God. And this week I want to talk to you about an unshakable kingdom, 
unshakable kingdom. Last week, we read several scriptures that just pointed out that throughout the whole Bible, one of the consistent themes is that God is unchanging. And I read one scripture to you last week that said, from everlasting to what? Everlasting. From everlasting to everlasting, God says, I am the Lord, you know? And maybe, why don't we just make that a part of our confession this morning? So if you're here in the room, and if you're on the stream with your family, or maybe you're in your kitchen, and you're eating the sausage biscuit, why don't you just put that biscuit down for a second? And why don't we just make this our confession? From everlasting to everlasting, he's the Lord. Okay, can we do that together? From everlasting to everlasting, he's the Lord. Like, what do we do when the world is changing? We have to anchor our souls into an unchanging and everlasting God. That's, that's part of what we have to do. But because there is an un- unchanging and everlasting God, uh, one of the things that we see in the scriptures is that there is an unshakable kingdom. Like he's the Lord, he's the king, but he also has a kingdom, meaning he has a rule and reign. And where God rules and reigns, it is unshakable. There is an unshaking kingdom. And I want to read this to you. This is out of Hebrews chapter 12, and I just want to tell you, uh, before we read it, uh, before we read it, let's go to the next slide first, actually. I know that seems counterintuitive. I'm saving that one for later. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) didn't tell our tech team that. (laughs) Uh, This is what I want to tell you. The the passage that we're reading here in Hebrews chapter 12, if you want to go back and read it this week, and I highly encourage you to do so, uh, it is a, it's an incredible passage. There's lots of Old Testament echoes here, but, but make no mistake, there is a promise in this passage and there's a warning, okay? And we're always kind of like, you know, oh, the New Testament, warm and fuzzy, uh, sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes the New Testament has a real warning in it, and there is one here. There's a warning and a promise, and if you hear it that way, I think you're hearing it right. Let's just look at this. It says this in Hebrews chapter 12, 25 through 29. The writer says, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but I'll shake the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things remain. Then he says this, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and in awe, for our God is a devouring fire. A few things this morning. First off, if you're reading this passage and you're like, wow, it's a little weird. What's he talking about? Like Mount Zion and the earthly messenger. Uh, these are all Old Testament echoes. And I'll just tell you where they're from. If you are taking notes or if you have a little notes app on your phone, you can go back and read it this week. Uh, you should go back and read Exodus chapter 19 and 20. Uh, Exodus chapter 19 and 20. This is where Moses gets invited to Mount Sinai. This is where like, God speaks to Moses. This is where God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, and then Moses takes it back to the people. And here's basically what happens. God invites Moses up, lots of smoke, lots of clouds, kind of a dramatic moment, very Old Testament, you know. And then he gives him the law. Moses takes the law to the people. And in this whole moment, 
God is basically saying to the people of Israel, I would love it if you would approach the mountain. Now, you can't, you can't touch the mountain, but I would love it if you would approach the mountain because I want to speak to you. And finally, in Exodus chapter 20, the people are like, uh, Moses, we'll listen to you. You go talk to God. We'll listen to you. But we're too scared. We don't want to hear from God himself. You go up the mountain. You guys remember that moment? And then, and then of course, they get the law. And then how does that go? Well, if you read the story out a little bit, it, it doesn't go super great. It gets a little hectic, right? And that's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about here. He's saying, hey, if you didn't listen to Moses and some people didn't make it out, what happens if you don't listen to the messenger from heaven, right? So there's Old Testament echoes there. And then he begins to say, well, hey, here's what's happening. Uh, God has in the past shaken the earth, but now he's going to shake the earth and the heavens so that the only thing that remains is an unshakable kingdom. Well, I just want to say a few things this morning. The first thing I want to say is this. Uh, eventually, everything's going to shake. Every single thing is going to shake. And before I get into that, I just want to tell you one quick story. And I'm glad, I'm glad one of my friends who experienced this is here with me this morning. Uh, anybody in the room ever experienced an earthquake? Like a real one? Not a 4.0. I'm talking about a real one. Not that weak one that happened here a few years ago in Kentucky. Anybody had a real one? Yeah, I've, had, I've experienced several, almost all of them in Peru or in Chile, right? But I'll never forget the first one. Uh, the first one that I experienced, I was with my friend Sam Yoder. We had been traveling, uh, as one does, to get to Peru. And how many of you know that when you have a really, really long day of travel, when you finally reach your destination, no matter how good it is, you're just, there's, a, there's a fatigue that comes from like, travel that, that almost un, it's un, almost unparalleled right you know what i'm talking about and so we've been traveling and we finally get to this little this little dusty hotel and uh we go to bed and i'll never forget this because the beds were so small you know and i have my bed and sam's in his bed kind of on the other side of the room there and i just i just got in the bed and i went straight to sleep and in the middle of the night we were awakened because our tiny wooden beds were bouncing up and down on tile floors. You can imagine. And you could hear it coming, right? Like in my sleep, my subconscious could hear something coming. It's, it's happening. And I remember standing up and, and, and thinking, what is happening? Like I didn't know what was happening, right? Maybe it was sleep, maybe it was fatigue. But then it occurred to me, oh, this is an earthquake, you know? And about the time I sort of came to, it sort of like moved through the area we were at and it was, it was gone. Experienced a couple more of those. Uh, a few years after that, Heather and I uh, went to Chile. And we went to Chile about a month after the really, really massive earthquake hit down there. You guys remember the one that trapped all the miners? And like, so we flew, I don't know how in the world this happened, but we flew in and, and the airport is like flattened, you know? Not a, not a confidence-inspiring scene. And we got there, but what I didn't realize is not only was Chile such a country of tremendous earthquakes, but that even though they had this really, really big one, there were aftershocks for months, right? And we were there, and uh, it was one of the first times we had left like all three of our kids at the time, and Heather was pretty nervous, and every single day, big aftershocks, like six 7.0 aftershocks. You could hear them coming. We were out on the street one day, and you can literally see the road doing this, right? You can see the sidewalk moving like this in front of you. 
And it's a specific kind of weird feeling when, when the ground you stand on isn't firm. If you've ever experienced it, it's, 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 like I don't, it's almost unlike anything I, I, I've ever experienced. Because we're so used to the ground we're standing on being sure, aren't we? When, when, the very thing, when the very thing that we're so used to being sure becomes unstable, it does something to you. Ground is supposed to be a foundation. And I just want to say that right now, we're living in a moment of shaking right now, where, where historic foundations... The things that we've built our lives on are moving and things we've leaned into or things that we've trusted, they're no longer stable. Things are volatile. Well, here's a bit of biblical truth for everybody. Eventually, everything is going to shake. Eventually, everything is going to shake. This is what the writer of Hebrews says, on the earth and in heaven. I kind of like this. We've heard of earthquakes. How many of you have ever heard of heaven quakes? Apparently, there's going to be earthquakes and heaven quakes, right? Everything's going to shake. The earth will shake. The heavens will shake. Things below us and things above. Uh, Part of what I think the writer of Hebrews is saying here is uh, foundations are going to shake. Like when he's talking about the earth is going to shake, things that you've built your life on, foundations, and things above us. uh, Read for that. Things that are higher than us. Things that we thought we could put our trust in because it's higher than us. Um, maybe higher institutions, maybe, maybe higher intellects, all of those things are going to shake. No one escapes the moments of shaking, and no system is exempt. That's part of what the biblical text tells us this morning. The second thing that the Bible tells us, I believe in this passage, is not only will things shake, but shaking is good. I know that seems counterintuitive, but here's why shaking is good. Because it reveals things to be what they really, really are. Right? Like, isn't it good for things to be tested? How many of you want to receive a medical treatment that hasn't been tested and shaken? You know? Any of you guys want to sign up to be a little test guinea pig? No. We, we want testing, right? I want to know that, that whatever this procedure is, like somebody figured it out. I want to know I'm not the first. Shaking is good because it reveals things to be what they really are. Here's what we're, we're finding right now. If you've trusted in government, when the shaking comes like it is right now, it will be shown for what it really is. It'll be shown. Uh, if you trust in mes- medicine, when the shaking comes like it is right now, it'll be shown for what it is. If you trust in money, when the shaking comes like it has, it'll be shown for what it is. Everything is moving. And it's really, really difficult when everything starts moving. And sometimes it makes us anxious. But it's also good because we get to actually see things for what they are. And we can see how fragile and we can see how weak and we can see how these things that we've trusted are really, really brittle in some ways. Shaking's good because it shows things for what they really, really are. And hopefully... If, like the writer of Hebrews says, if we hear the one who is speaking, we can move past the things that are shaking and we can begin to receive the unshakable kingdom. Now here's some good news. So this passage tells things the way it is, which can be kind of like the bad news, but then it also has the good news in it, right? Uh, Frederick Buechner, he said, before you can ever receive the good news, you have to receive the bad news, you know? Before you receive the good news that God loves you and 
and that he forgives your sins, you have to receive the bad news that you are a sinner, you know? And that's kind of how it works in this passage. You have to receive the bad news that everything's going to shake before you can receive the good news that there is an unshakable kingdom. And that is the good news. There is an unshakable kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. There is no earthly kingdom or system that is a worthy foundation. You know, you might want to just like write that down. There is no earthly system or kingdom that's a worthy foundation. Every earthly kingdom has an expiration date. Anybody remember the Ming Dynasty? Probably read about that in a history book, right? Guess what? The Mings don't rule the world anymore. They had an expiration date. What about Genghis Khan? Apparently that guy took over the world when he was alive. Apparently something like 5% of, of people from, from an Asian ethnicity have Genghis Khan uh, DNA in them. This dude took over. Guess what? Genghis Khan's kingdom has an expiration date. It is completely and totally gone. Not only that, but every current kingdom will eventually be replaced. How many of you know that Rome used to be a country, but now it's just a city? And if Jesus tarries and we go on a few thousand more years, eventually Rome won't even be a city. Everything gets replaced. Every single nation will be replaced. Every single system, every way of ordering ourselves, every nation has an expiration date except God's kingdom. It's the one that goes on and on. And here's the really good news. You can be a part. You can be a part. Uh, you can find the stability of God's unshakable kingdom, and you can be a part. Well, what are the ways forward? There's two commands in this passage. Uh, the first one is to listen to the one who's speaking, right? Verse 25. And the second one is in verse 28. Give thanks and worship God. Here's what I want to do first, though. I want to talk just for a second about how we receive the kingdom, which is by listening to the one who's speaking. I want to talk about that first. Some of you might be thinking, well, we're being invited to listen to the one who is speaking. The natural question would be what? Who's speaking? Who's speaking? Well, in order to know who's speaking, you actually have to read a little bit in front of that. So if we could put that up, Allison. Here's what the Hebrew writer says before the passage we just read. He says, Look, you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in joyful gathering. You've come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You've come to God himself, who's the judge over all things. You've come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. And then he says in verse 24, you've come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood, look at this, which what? Speaks of forgiveness instead of what? crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel, right? And then he says in verse 25, what? Be careful to what? To listen to the one who is speaking. What is the, who's the only one who's speaking in the context of these verses? Jesus and what? His blood. Jesus and his blood. And the writer of Hebrews says, hey, if you want to inherit the unshakable kingdom, you have to listen to Jesus. And then he makes it very particular in verse 24. To his blood, which speaks a better word, speaks of forgiveness rather than vengeance, like the blood of Abel. Now, why does that matter? I'll just tell you why this matters really quickly. 
Because we could even say, hey, if you want to, if you want to inherit the unshakable kingdom, you have to listen to Jesus. You know, and everybody would be like, rah, rah, Jesus. That makes sense. We're Christians. Listen to Jesus. That's an unshakable kingdom. And then, and then, and then if we're not careful, what we'll do is we'll turn Jesus into anything we want him to be. How many of you know that people do this all the time? Right? Like Jesus always affirms whatever it is I believe, right? <laughs> Have you guys seen this lately, like on the internet? I, I'm, I'm a G- Jesus. Yeah. I think it's, this, is, this is a verse for our times. That how do you inherit the, the unshakable kingdom? You have to listen to Jesus, but not the Jesus that I get to make up, right? You have to listen to the forgiving Jesus who gives his blood and doesn't cry out for vengeance, but he wants to give people forgiveness. Like this, like this is the message that will, that will bring you into a kingdom that cannot be shaken. This is the thing that will never be shaken. What is it? That, that, the, that the one who is running the show, the prince of heaven, the king of the universe, he is a suffering servant. That the king of the universe is the one who lays down his life rather than taking life from other people. That the king of the universe will forgive people and he will do it with his own body and his own blood. And he doesn't just forgive good people, but he forgives bad people. Like you have to get very, very deeply connected to the gospel story. Like Jesus forgives all the people and he forgives those who are closest to him, like the disciples, the ones who ran out on him. Peter says, I'll never leave you. The very night he denies him three times and runs away from him and Jesus gets crucified basically alone, right? And then after Jesus is resurrected, he comes back to the very men and the very women who ran out on him. And what does he say? Peace to you. You want to come back to my team? This is the kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's not that God forgives the good people. It's that God forgives the worst. And it's not that God forgives those who are far away from him that he doesn't really know that much about. But it's that God forgives those who are near to him that he knows dearly. Right? This is the unshakable kingdom. You want to be a part of the unshakable kingdom? Number one, receive the forgiveness of God over your life. Right? Like, like everyone here is eventually going to be a Judas or, or a Peter. And here's some good news. In your most Judas moment, God will forgive you. Here's the thing. If Judas had not hung himself, Jesus would have gone to him, forgiven him, and brought him back to his team. Make no mistake. Like God is not just about forgiving some halfway decent people. He will drag the dogs off the street if they will only follow him, right? And in your most Judas moment, God will forgive you. In your most Peter moment, in the, in the moment you've said no three times, God will come to you the fourth time and bring you back. This is the unshakable kingdom. Uh, it, is, it is not the kingdom of vengeance, Right? Uh, God is not the kingdom of vengeance where he's going to make you do something, right? It's just not the way it goes. The kingdom that cannot be shaken is the kingdom of Jesus' blood that speaks a better word. We have to listen to Jesus. We have to listen to Jesus. Here's what I want you to know this morning. You are forgiven. Every person in this room is forgiven. If you're watching me on the live stream this morning, in your home, you are forgiven. You might be thinking, well, yeah, I know that. I got baptized a long time ago. No, I'm telling you, you are forgiven. You are deeply, deeply, forever in a day loved and forgiven. You are forgiven, like in your worst moment. And I'll guarantee you there's people in this room and there's people on the stream who are in a tough spot, 
probably right now, and you're wondering, like, gosh, am I alienated from God? No, you're really not. You have been forgiven. I've been forgiven. The truth is the world stands forgiven. And then as a result of that, we're actually called to forgive. We're called to live in his forgiveness, but then we're also called to extend and share the forgiveness. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to live in the unshakable kingdom. To extend it by being forgiveness vessels. This is why in the Gospels, Jesus says, if you forgive, then what? You are forgiven. If you forgive others, my Father in heaven will forgive you. The kingdom of Christ is founded on forgiveness. What does that mean? It means that people don't get what they deserve. Every single thing in our country, in our heart, in our politics, in our technology, in our theology, in our sociology that says people have to get only what they deserve is an antichrist thought that militates against an unshakable kingdom. God will give people what they do not deserve and he will not hold it against them. Jesus says, my father reigns on the righteous and the what? The unrighteous. God will give good things to good people and bad people. Why? Because he's generous, because he's kind, because he knows the depths at which Sometimes a bad person isn't just making bad choices, but they grew up in a moment that never allowed them to even know how to make good choices. God knows things at a deeper level, and he is a father of forgiveness. The kingdom of Christ is founded on forgiveness, that there's hope for the worst, that there's an embrace for the outsider, and if everything goes to hell... If everything goes to hell and we get swallowed by death, that death will be defeated by resurrection. See, here's the thing. God will even forgive the fragility of life for its inability to live and live and live. He will forgive the fragility of life. He will even at the end of the age forgive death. He will forgive it with resurrection. The strength of the kingdom isn't evidenced in arm wrestling or bigger bank accounts. The strength of the kingdom isn't a bomb or a bigger gun. It's the forgiving love of Jesus who is establishing an unshakable kingdom. Some of us, we just have to to admit this, some of us have trusted in chariots and horses. Some of us have trusted in markets and dollars. Some of us have trusted in donkeys and elephants but we're, we're being invited into trusting the Lord our God and specifically the forgiving blood of Jesus. It can be easy to forget this. It can be hard to receive and sometimes it's really hard to pass along. But this is the basis of the unshakable kingdom, but then it's also the basis of gratitude and worship because I told you there's two entry points here, right? Listen to the one who's speaking, the blood of Jesus, but then he also says, Hey, at the end, can we put this up? Verse 28, I think. He says, since we're receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, what what do we do? Well, let's be thankful and please God by worshiping him, right? Like what's another entry into the unshakable kingdom? Gratitude and worship. When everything is shaking, when everything becomes bathed in uncertainty, it can be really hard to maintain gratitude and worship. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that like when your car breaks down, you don't have any money and the kids need to go to the dentist, your brain can just like become fixed. (laughs) It's like thankful, thankful for what? 
thankful. Worship. What, how, how am I going to worship? What are we doing right now, right? It can be hard to do. It can be hard to be thankful when the fall school schedule is up in the air and you don't know what's going to happen with your kids. It can be hard to be a worshiper when your business is struggling. I'm sure there's some people in the room or maybe even online. You have a business and it's struggling. You're like, how am I going to maintain gratitude or worship? I, I, I just want to say, I, I understand that's hard. It can be hard to maintain gratitude and worship when your social media timeline is filled with mad people. Maybe you've been a mad person. It can be hard to maintain gratitude and worship if you might get put on furlough. But, but these are the moments that we lean into our baptism. These are the moments that we lean into this invitation. And if we'll lean just a little bit, here's what I know. I know that the Spirit gives us help. God doesn't say you have to worship Him perfectly. God doesn't say you have to give Him perfect gratitude. Like, just begin to bend your heart a little bit. Find one thing that you can declare God's goodness over in your life and begin to enter in to the unshakable kingdom. There was one other little verse that kind of stuck out to me this week, especially as it relates to this idea of sometimes it's hard to, to lean into gratitude or hard to lean into worship when things are up in the air. And it comes from Hebrews chapter 12 too. I didn't make a slide for it. I'll just read it to you. It's Hebrews chapter 12 verse 3. Uh, he says this. He says, think of all the hostility that he, meaning Jesus, Think of all the hostility that Jesus endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Like, how do we, how do we maintain gratitude and worship? Well, here, here's one very, very simple way. Think about Jesus and think about all the hostility that he endured. Because something about thinking about Jesus and especially uh, the way that he was challenged by sinful people, somehow it gives us endurance. That's what the writer of Hebrews says. So if you're struggling this morning... Uh, think about Jesus this week. Like, read the Gospels. Think about Jesus. Spend some time thinking about Jesus and think about Jesus on the cross. Think about, think about the Son of God who, who was never, ever returning retribution for retribution. It'll give you strength. This is a moment to practice worship and gratitude. This is a moment to lean into our baptism either here in the room or at home. The good news this morning is that the kingdom of God is unshakable. And the better news is that we can be part of it and that we can enter it and that God wants us to come along. That's the really, really good news this morning. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.